It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live Entertainment Review. Roll out the red carpet. Here's Michelle. entertainment review today lots of good things on the way we'll get you plugged into the movies we'll share some fun food ideas and trends for 2021 but what is all of it if you can't at least go out on a date and I gotta say I am in a lockdown state lockdown I think they've thrown away the key for crying out loud so really how do you go out on a date with your spouse you see them all the time you are if you're lucky enough to work in a different room okay you get a little bit of a break but you see them all the time but I gotta tell you we need a little infusion of life and love. And I'm going to introduce to you the authors of Ultimate Date Night. It's not just a book, but they've been on the road taking their their fun, lively, humorous um, marriage date nights, Ultimate Date Nights on the road. This book gives readers uh, date night ideas, but it also takes it even deeper because... I mean, who wouldn't want a deeper, better, more intimate, passionate relationship? Who would like, wouldn't like to like the person that you're stuck in lockdown with, right? The book includes date night ideas, prayers, devotions, even some really hilarious stories from the LaFoons. Yes, they are with us, Jay and Laura LaFoon. Hey, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Good to to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, well, how cool. Are you guys in a lockdown state yourself? Yes, we are yeah. in the state of Michigan, <laughs> and we are in lockdown as well. Okay, so, so uh, and you still like each other. So we need to learn from most this. Days. Most days. I'll take <laughs> it. Days. I will take it. <laughs> uh, when we're in, in lockdown and you think of going on a date, um, that's a little baffling, friends. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But we have we do have some in the book that make it possible, even if you're in a lockdown state. Uh, you know, uh maybe lockdown means different things for different people. Here in Michigan, we just we have no restaurants we can go to. Um, but we can still go to grocery stores and we can get in our car and that's one of the dates that we have in the Ultimate Date Night book is to just get in your car and drive. And that's actually something Jay and I have done quite a bit of since this since March. Um, is to just get in the car. I'm a photographer, so I oh, we get in the car, go. we drive, and I look for things to take pictures of. <laughs> and you might park somewhere, you know, the old yeah. Car, yeah, okay. The date actually is for uh, to get in the car and just drive and see where you end up. I mean, we've got a bunch of them that are that are quote unquote COVID friendly. Yeah. Um, you know, even in the midst of winter here in Michigan, uh, you can bundle up and, and go for a hike. Uh, plenty of hiking trails. Um, we know a lot of people have uh, cleaned out their closet because they haven't had anything else to do. Well, you can make a date of taking those clothes to a, a local charity and, and donating those clothes. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can do um, if, you're, if you're creative enough. And if you don't mind getting out, some of those charities are still operating and are utilizing people for 
uh, volunteering. So if you and, are and someone right who's a little bit... They're in need for sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah def- we, um, definitely. We've actually need. cleaned out. We actually did a lot of the dates that we wrote about. We, we cleaned out all of our closets. We actually had our local charities were not accepting anything, but through churches, we found people who were in need. So we could still get those um, you know, given those items that we were going to give away to people and not have to necessarily go through, you know, a local charity because they were shut down. Yeah. Now, when ours finally opened up, the lines were a mile long of people wanting to get their crap out of their house because what do you do when you're in lockdown well you clean <laughs> you, get, you think okay right. the, yeah i'm looking around my room i have a green screen in my background right now because i don't want y'all to see exactly what's going on in this room and i'm thinking i gotta do some spring cleaning <laughs> one of your date nights suggest spring cleaning but but i'm looking i'm thinking spring cleaning that looks like a recipe for marital arguments like because truly now Laura you're going to get this I want to keep everything that is needed and useful and important and for some reason he wants to keep crap right isn't that what happens (laughs) sorry Jay exactly we have very different very different definitions definitions of what we should keep and what we should get rid of but part of the date needs to involve communication so you can communicate in in nice ways about what should be kept and what should be, you know, make an argument, make not, not an argument, but make a rationale, <laughs> you know, make it a game. Here, you get one thing to keep and I get one thing to keep and then everything else we have to uh dicker over you know what do you what why do you guys keep it why do i get to keep it, make it i game. like that and there's other games that you can play as well and you can make a treasure hunt try to find and this is this is a really wonderful challenge because women really love to bring out the romance in men and sometimes it seems like that's not second nature so looking for something from our past that you would see as romantic and while uh that could be an old football uh, signed by uh you know one of your favorite football teams jay uh that would be one of mine too actually by the way i'm not gonna lie uh because you know going to games i remember those they were so romantic but uh finding something that from your past that has a great memory attached those kind of things all of a sudden take Take spring cleaning to a pretty hot level. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Looking at all the yeah, when we were cleaning out Jay's closet, he had shirts that he had for let's see, our daughter's twenty three, so he'd had them for twenty three years. And I was like, Seriously, are you ever gonna wear it? And then of course, you know, he'd wear it for the next three days. But uh, <laughs> but it did bring back some good memories cleaning some of those uh items out. One of our favorite COVID uh COVID friendly dates was actually given to us by a younger couple. Um, they have five kids, and what they, they call it a driveway date. And so they put the kids to bed, and they go out in their car and just sit in their car with their favorite beverage and listen to the radio and just sit in the driveway. Um, you know, so the kid, they know the kids are safe, and, and uh, they just kind of snuggle up and listen to music and uh, enjoy a little driveway date. And in the, in the, in the cold-weather days, they sit inside the truck, and in the 
warm weather days, they actually lay in the back of the truck and look at the stars. So with a blanket, uh, I thought, oh, that's cool. And you can do that in the backyard <clears throat> if you don't live in Seattle, yep. uh, <laughs> which I do. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> if you like the rain, that's okay, too. You know, moms kind of do that once in a while. We need that quiet time, you know, when you have those yep. kids running around, right? Right? Something yeah, you guys sure. alluded to, uh, uh, and I alluded to, too, is the differences. We can see things different. Men and women are different. One of your videos, <clears throat> I was laughing so hard, and I'm going to ask you, Jay, to relay this story. Your mom had written your dad just something really sweet. You know, if you're crying, share your tears. And his response was off the charts, and it really highlights the difference between men and women. Uh, and sometimes the, the way we approach things differently. Can you share? You know the story, right? You know which one I'm referring sure. to? Okay, can you share yeah, my that? Parents, you bet. My parents were uh, married for uh, well over 50 years, and my mom volunteers at the hospital, or at least she used to. And she would send him texts during the day like, hey, come get me for lunch, or, you know, hey, I miss you. And she wrote this really, really sappy one. Um, where it was like, if you're crying, send me your tears. If you're laughing, send me your joy. Um, and she ended it with, I love you. And my dad responded by saying, I'm on the toilet. Please advise. <laughs> Smart Alec. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the highlighting kind of the difference that, that people bring. You bring two different personalities in. So... Really, how does the wife respond? Is she is her feelings hurt? Like, hey, I'm trying to be romantic here, and you're taking a, a crap <laughs> on my emotions. Yeah. Or do you find ways to appreciate that humor? Men can come across a little bit differently, kind of like the boy in the playground who you know is, is pulling the girls' pigtails. Uh, so, and right. to them, that can be romantic. In lockdown, how do we navigate that stuff? Well, I think um, the, the, the best definition of, of a sense of humor that I've ever heard is the sense of humor is the ability, uh, the ability of a person to laugh at themselves. And I think especially in this time of COVID um, where we're locked down and, and we're not wanting to laugh, um, we've got to learn to take ourselves not as seriously as, you know, don't take yourself so seriously. And I think for my parents, laughter was always a part of their, their marriage. And so I guarantee you, my mother, when she, when she heard that back from him was, was, you know, rolling on the floor laughing because um, that's just the way they, that's the way they operated. But yeah, I do think, you know, far too often we take ourselves too seriously and we don't take our spouse serious enough. And I think that really, if you can reverse that, take your spouse seriously and don't take yourself so seriously, that can really help. Wow, and then, good word. You know, it, yeah, you know, I don't do it all the time. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going, oh, it's an odd moment. I like that a lot. And good, that really is a good word. It helps us to put things into perspective. And you know what it also, I think it might help us do it might help us to speak the other's language. So if your mom has a language of romance and your dad has this language of uh, snarky little humorous things, you can appreciate that in the other, but you can also learn from time to time to speak the other person's language. Yes, there's no question. Um, in our marriage, Laura's love language is uh, gifts and quality time. 
And so, you know, I really, I, I make it a point to make sure birthday, Christmas are always very special for her. And um, my, uh, my love language is words of affirmation. And uh, Laura's spiritual gift is sarcasm. So that doesn't work out yeah. so well. <laughs> we worked really hard on that one. That was not quite so easy to us. Kindred <laughs> so spirits, speak, you and I, Laura. Yeah. Kindred spirits, girl. <laughs> <laughs> And how do you, how do you work through things like that? I mean, people are sitting going, "Oh yeah, that's us. That's us. What do we do?" Well, I think for us, I mean, we've been married over thirty six years now, and um, we've kind of learned when the person is um, being serious or, or not. The the really bad thing is, like Jay said, we've been married over thirty six years, so Jay's kind of learned sarcasm, and he doesn't really <laughs> deliver it very well. So it doesn't always come across as sarcasm. It comes across more as hurtful. Right. She's like, <laughs> and he'll go, she's like, no, I'm just, I'm just giving you what you give me. I'm like, no, I don't say it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm better again, at it. Have to go back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm better at it than you are. You need to learn better. But uh, again, <laughs> communicating to each other, you know, and just because it has been, he tries really hard to be sarcastic. It doesn't come across sarcastic to me. But then at the same time, I have to understand how I come across him and again it's yeah. just learning from each other and we've had you know 36 years of of doing that um you know so if you're listening and you're you know some of your listeners are going well we've only been married 10 years and we're still not there yet that's okay you know keep it's a keep journey. communicating it's a journey and it doesn't happen overnight well here we are in in many cases people dealing with loss of jobs they're dealing with the fear of covid i mean looking at what's happening in the nation around us it really feels like our the world as we know it is coming to an end that takes a toll on us emotionally how does that play out in our marriages and how do you, how do you recommend after all of these years of working with couples how do you recommend we navigate that mess you bet well um the chinese uh the the root word of the word crisis which is definitely something i think we can all agree we're in the middle of a crisis but the root word the chinese um, have for that is dangerous opportunity. And we're, we're in a, a time of dangerous opportunity. There's certainly danger out there, but we can also take this time of opportunity and use it to invest in our marriage, to invest in each other, to um, take up new hobbies that maybe we might do together. Uh, Laura and I love to cook. And so this is something that we've been able to do a lot since COVID. Um, and so it, it is, it is a, a scary time in many ways. But we can take that and we can turn it around and say, no, it's also an opportunity to do some really uh, new things that will maybe strengthen and encourage our marriage. It's something like that, that we encourage, encourage couples to do all the time in the midst of a pandemic and not in the midst of a pandemic. One of our big encouragements to couples is to, to take 15 minutes a day of uninterrupted conversation. You know, no TVs, no computers, no kids. You know, it may have to happen after they're in bed or before they get up in the morning. But it's more important, it's just as important now during this time to still continue to have those 15 minutes of uninterrupted conversation because then you can talk about how you're, you know, the fears that you have um, and, and planning out because you are in the house with each other. Who knows how many kids might be in your house too. All and so it's really important that you have time. that. Yeah, you, exactly. <laughs> well, and what happens is you think you are communicating because you are together all the time, but you're really <sighs> like ships passing in the night just on this, you know, smaller ocean uh, inside your house. And to, to just sit down and take that, that 15 minutes to go, okay, you know, what's, 
What's the plan for work? What's the plan for the kids' school? What's the plan? And and really get on the same. Get out of the house. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, something to add to that as well is not to lose the art of flirtation. Just because you see a person Uh, all the time doesn't mean you can't flirt. That's right. That's right. And uh, flirting is an art form that needs to be uh, refined and honed and practiced often. It's just, uh, if, do I flirt in the way that really? <laughs> exactly. Flirt in the way that it's understood to be flirting and not groping or something like that. Oh, this sounds like an inside story, girl. Care to share? <laughs> it, was a, it was a conversation we had this morning. <laughs> no, really? No. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> let, me, let me give you the backstory. Let me give you the backstory. <laughs> you know, as a young married man, um, I was a bit handsy. Let's just be honest. Um, I enjoyed my wife, and I, I wanted to, you know, <laughs> express that. And she's like, stop. Even when I'm standing at the sink doing dishes. Right. Stop groping me. Stop groping me, she would say. And so over the years, I worked very, very diligently to not grope her. Well, one day after our kids had both left the house <laughs> for college, I mean, we were empty nesters, um, we're making dinner, and she says to me, why don't you grope me anymore? <laughs> oh, worked all those years to not do it. Now she wants to do it again. So. I love it. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Don't you love me anymore? Yeah. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> don't you love it? You can't yep. win. You just can't win. Yep. <laughs> Until you work it out together, <laughs> you talk it through. I get it. You know, it's something else that I alluded to as I was introducing you is that uh, you take it to a deeper level because who doesn't want a more intimate, meaningful, passionate relationship? And the deeper you go, the more of that comes out. That's why the God story is so important to marriages. Yeah, there's no question. Um, you're, You're only, well, I don't want to say it that way. That's too extreme, but your ability and your relationship with, with God really will shape and, and reshape your relationship with your spouse. Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, uh, once said that great marriages are, are formed by two great forgivers. And um, oh, I think that's very, so very, very true. You know, because you are going to disappoint, you are going to let down, you are going to hurt your spouse. You're human. That's what's going to happen. But if you can learn to forgive, and I think that's where the God story comes in, in play is that you know, I can forgive because I have been forgiven, and that's huge. You know, that's a huge, a huge thing that to know that uh, the sacrifice was made, and and here we are. Um, I can forgive you as I have been forgiven. When you take it to a level where you're doing devotions together, you're really getting to a spiritual level. So you have that physical connection. Hopefully that's healthy. You can have that date night, friendship, uh, romance, fun connection on the personal level. But until you have that spiritual level, there is always something almost missing. Like, you know, you could go just a little deeper. Does that make sense, Laura? Absolutely. Yes. And that's, that's, we, uh, every day at, 226, it's based on Proverbs 22.6. Jay has an alarm that goes off. He turned it off so it wouldn't go off on this interview. But um, <laughs> we, have a, we have an alarm that goes off that just reminds us to pray every day 
at 226 every day. The alarm goes off, and we stop whatever we're doing, and we pray. We pray for our kids. That's the Proverbs 22.6 part is to, you know, raise up a child in the way that they will go, and they will not depart from it. Um, but we also pray for whatever, you know, we have friends that we pray for. So we spend, and we set an alarm so we don't forget, because in this world we get so busy that times we forget to pray with each other and so and pray for each other. So that's our that's kind of how we have infused that prayer into our marriage is setting an alarm and no matter what we're doing, we stop and we pray. I'm glad you gave me that warning because if an alarm went off and you guys just started praying, I'd be a little, just a little weird to that. I'd be like, wait, what's going on here? So that's cool that you gave me that heads up in our final few minutes together, uh, helping us to get on a fun footing. You know, we're, we're already in the into the weekend, so I want to give folks some ideas. And in a few minutes, I'm going to be talking with a foodie about some cool things that we can do for a date night. One of my favorites is a charcuterie board. I love that because yeah. it's it's just kind of fun and it's easy and it's inexpensive and you can sit around the fire, you can watch a game, you can play, have a, a game night, whatever it is. It's just fun. It's like an upscale snack board. I like that. Any other ideas that we might be able to implement this weekend? Well, one of our favorite things to do, as Jay's already alluded to, is we love to cook together. And so Often we and grill. will, um, and we have, and we have this in the book. Is you know what? Go to your grocery store, buy yourself some steaks or chicken breast, whatever it is you like. Buy the food, come home, cook it, put a blanket down on the floor, and turn on a good movie, and just eat and watch a good movie together. And you know, if you have kids in the house, you might want to wait till after they've gone to bed. Um, but I can remember this. This was kind of inspired by some friends actually that we have out in Vancouver, Washington that when their girls were little, they would put, and one night a week, they put them to bed, and then they cooked their dinner, just the two of them, and they sat and had a candlelight dinner. So once a week, they did that. And so those kinds of things are, are easy to implement. I'm trying to think what other dates we have in the book that, you know, we have a lot of just take off and go for a walk. You know, that'll give you that 15 minutes of uninterrupted uninterrupt, conversation. as well. get you out of your break. seat. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. As well, the weather, weather break. But you know what? Sometimes us, it's right. fun to to walk in inclement weather. Sometimes I think it's kind of romantic. So, you know, you yeah. just dress accordingly. Well, and like in the springtime, you can go, go to your local dime store or, or box store and, and buy a kite and go fly a kite together. I mean, it's, you know, it's a very, that's a very inexpensive date. And you're probably going to come away with a lot of laughs because when was the last time you flew a kite? Right. Um, you know, just kidding. Yeah, we had friends. Last week we were doing an online course and we had some of the people that were on there say that over Christmas they went out and they, this was an entire family date. They went out to their local dollar store and bought Nerf guns and they uh -huh. came back and had a Nerf gun fight throughout their entire house. And I was like, you know, that's fun. The kids need to expend some yeah. energy as being in the house all day. And so, yeah, that, you know, you can, you can be creative. Sometimes we all just need a little help being creative. Oh, yeah. And that's really fun. For Christmas, I got, uh, as a gift for everyone, these little s uh, indoor snowballs. They're just uh, pom-poms, little, little tightly knit pom-poms. So you can have an indoor snowball fight. That is was a blast and you know want to know the last time i flew, flew a kite i travel with a kite i travel with a little bitty travel kite because you never know when the wind's gonna hit and you can just go out and and fly one so just be ready to have oh. fun at a moment's notice right i mean have exactly. have those things with you i travel with a travel kite and a travel frisbee a little uh, just one of those little ones that kind of uh 
turns and twists and it's lightweight. I travel with those because you never know when, when a fun moment might hit. I think to me that's part of why I love you guys is that you bring the fun and that's what you need in marriage. It, you want a marriage where you just have fun with your spouse. When people look at you, they think they have fun together. That's why Ultimate Date Night is a great read. It's good information, but because it comes from people who are living it out real time, that's what makes it real. That's what makes it relatable. Well, thank you. That's really kind of who we are. We, we're just normal people, everyday people, but we uh, have been given a platform to, to really help and encourage others to um, live life to the full. And even during lockdown, you still like each other. So there you go. Yeah, like we said, most days. (laughs) Most days. Let's just be honest. Let's be real here. Guys, it's been so much fun having you on. I really do appreciate you taking the time. And uh, we're right at the time where you guys need to get your alarm and and do your prayer time together. So, (laughs) yeah, that's great. All righty. Well, thank you. And (laughs) our pleasure. We'd be welcome anytime. Glad you can be with us today for our entertainment review. And from time to time, we get hungry. And so we like to talk about food. Get ready to get foodie. Glorious food. We're going to be talking food trends today as we move into a brand new year. We're really in a unique place. Fewer people going out to eat because of lockdowns in certain states. And, you know, we're just looking for something new. What's hot? What's not? Louise Howe is a food enthusiast, and she's going to give us some recipes, give us some insight into some good food trends for 2021. Louise, thank you for joining us. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us. So uh, what is some of the biggest trends we can look forward to in 2021? Yeah, that's always on our minds, right, when we hit a new year. So what what can we look forward to? What's going to carry over from the previous year? And I always think it's really interesting to see the food trends that we predicted at the beginning of the year. Did we hang on to them and did uh, at the end of this year when we when we look back, did were those ones that really impacted the way that we were eating. So in 2021, what we're anticipating is seeing a, a lot of snacking still. So um, you probably noticed, Michelle, I, know that I noticed in my own diet and in, in the diets of my family and friends, um, snacking was a really big deal. There are lots of grazers now, so lots of people that are eating between meals. And uh, what we saw and what we're seeing now is uh, that's really transforming the way that food looks. When you look at the shelf, there's a lot of functional food, so it's jam-packed with either extra vitamins or nutrients, or um, it does a lot of extra stuff to keep our bodies going because it's not a, a sit-down, um, kind of fill-yourself-up kind of meal. Okay. Uh, you work with a couple of uh, food companies that are focusing on some of the trends for 2021. Uh, Lono Life, uh, we've talked with them here on this program. Parm Crisp, Good Planet, Net Fresh. These are all... Uh, companies that are going along with the trends of staying healthy, but also making things easy for people. Because why, this is an interesting trend, Louise, that, I've, that we found in uh, the end of 
well, midway through 2020 and into 2021, while people have really enjoyed doing the all-out gourmet, made-from-scratch, kind of crazy things that they would never have made before with homemade butter from from uh, cream and, and the like, that is not sustainable. It's something fun to do once a week, maybe at best. But in our daily lives, as we're working from home, we do really want something that's a little easier to put together. And, and you work with a few companies that uh, are going along with that trend. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right when it comes to that. All of that is great. I, I love being in the kitchen. I I love trying new recipes. Even if they fail, it's just fun to try something new. But it's not necessarily sustainable, especially when I get home at the end of the day and I am just ready to eat, not necessarily spend a lot of time um, in front of the stove. So that's what a lot of the brands that we work with are, are focusing on is that kind of that idea that however we, we treat our bodies, however we build our diets, it should be sustainable and easy. A, a brand that you mentioned that I really love is Lona Life. I love Lona Life because it takes that idea and really it really uh, puts it into practice. So uh, Lona Life is a high-protein uh, bone broth. Uh, bone broth usually takes hours to make, so you're simmering and you're stewing for hours to get the nutrients and the marrow and the flavor out of the bone. But... Uh, instead, what you have with Lona Life is uh, a powdered packet that keeps all of those nutrients, all of the flavor, and it's something that's easy to just dump in a hot cup of water, and you've got soup that's um, just as robust as it would be if you spent um, lots of time to make it. Right. No, no kidding. Plus, it's pretty easy to put in other recipes as well to for a little bit of flavor of, and for a lot more nutrients. We uh, you just get rid of those bouillon cubes. They're so full of salt and ugly stuff. You know, just get rid of those little squares and, and get something that's really going to nourish you. We're talking about food trends today and... Now, earlier we were talking about date night, Louise, that it's important to spend some time with the one you love, spend some time with your spouse, even for those who are in lockdown states or just don't get out as much or money is tight. Something you can do to take inexpensive items and make it kind of pop wow is to make a charcuterie board. Yeah, it's um, it's it's been really trendy lately, the charcuterie boards. They've been trending, I would say, for the last year. And I, I think, you know, I, I had a friend mention that they're just sort of uh, grown-up Lunchables. So <laughs> you get this plate or this really um, beautiful That's kind of funny. butcher block or this cutting board. Yeah, and uh, you have a bunch of uh, snacks uh, snacks on there and foods that go together, um, especially as we're looking forward to maybe hosting some events this year, getting some small groups of friends and family together. This is always a crowd pleaser, and it's just fun to put together. Yeah, and you can actually look on TikTok and uh, some other social media sites and see where people have put it together. Beautiful boards with rosettes from salamis and, and other meats where they've made it really beautiful. I've seen wreaths made. These are, these are real fun ways to have inexpensive hors d'oeuvres put out. You have some recommendations. I do. Yeah, I love charcuterie boards. So you're absolutely right. They've kind of turned into an art form, which is funny. 
but uh, what I recommend when you're building your charcuterie board, um, always kind of start with a theme. So if I know that I, I want to build um, a board that has lots of really delicious cheeses and fruits on it, then that's going to set the foundation. And then I just lo- honestly look for ingredients that I know are going to make building that board easy. So um, for me, something that I always start with as sort of the center of my board are parm crisps. They're uh, these little rounds um, uh, Parmesan, Parmesan cheese that are baked, um, natural ingredients, set a really great um, foundation for whatever dip you want to add to the board. And also it's Parmesan cheese, so um, whatever uh, fruits or vegetables that you want to pair on the board just makes it super easy. You don't necessarily have to think about whether this flavor goes with that flavor or uh, whether this is going to fit well on, on the board at all. It's uh, super, super simple. Yeah, plus they're keto-friendly, they're gluten-free, so it makes it a, a really good addition. It's a good choice. And then adding the uh, other fun things, the cheeses and the fruits and the nuts and anything else that you could recommend that maybe we haven't thought about for a charcuterie board. Yeah, there are some really fun ideas that we've seen floating around. Um, if you have a Valentine's Day get-together maybe coming up, have some fun with uh, a candy board, um, especially. Ah. If you have if you have some sweet tooth in your family, yeah. So um, I know that I'm I'm already dreaming up some ideas for Valentine's Day uh, with this candy kind of concept. So some um, chocolates and some hard candies that people can munch on, but also maybe adding a couple uh, mix-ins for your hot chocolate. Have a hot chocolate night and just make that really simple and pretty. I love that idea. A hot chocolate board. See, this is great for Valentine's Day for date night to make it kind of easy easy, but upscale it a little bit. One of my favorite things to do on Valentine's Day, by the way, every year it is all about doing a fondue. So I'll have a cheese fondue. I will have a chocolate fondue. You can also do an oil fondue, but there are things that you wouldn't even believe that you can put in cheese, you know, in melted cheese. It's astounding the things that you can do. I mean, you can you can take pre-made little little sandwiches, dip, dip them in, in cheese. You can um, utilize uh, even the parm crisps that you recommended. You know, those are really fun and use it as a cheese dip, absolutely fun. Uh, so you know, some things that you can do to kind of upscale your date night, maybe upcoming Valentine's Day or when you get together with friends. Uh, Some of the easy things that some of the people that you work with, some of the the brands that you work with, it really is about getting back to easy. Yeah, most definitely. And also... For me, it's it's not a, it's not necessarily enough for something to be just easy, but I really want to look for things that um, make me feel good. So whether that's yeah. going to fuel my body or make me feel good about um, what I'm doing for the environment. So um, other brands that we work with, like Nest Fresh Eggs and Good Planet Cheese, both of those brands, Good Planet has dairy-free uh, cheese, plant-based cheese that. Uh, we know now that the plant-based movement is doing a lot for environmental sustainability. If you're into animal welfare, lots of great stuff. And then on the flip side, Nest Fresh Eggs, we use a national network of regional family farms that um, uh, that put uh, the animal welfare first and uh, taking care of these hens that give us back so much through their eggs. So it's stuff like that. Just look really looking for brands that not only make it easy, but really put their heart into the food that they, uh, they're bringing us. 
And by the way, though, I'm not as plant based as some of my friends. Um, you can use Good Planet uh, cheeses for fondues. And as we get closer to Valentine's Day, I'll, I'll even include some recipes up on our website of exactly how you can do that. So if you have any suggestions, Louise, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I love uh, lots of plant-based recipes. My sister is pretty strict vegan, so, and I, I love sharing my love through food. So when I give her something to eat, I want to make sure that it tastes good. So lots of really delicious recipes are on social, like the charcuterie boards that we mentioned, and Good Planet has a, a really delicious uh, vegan recipe for buffalo, buffalo cauliflower bites. Um, kind of a, a little bit of a guilty pleasure, right? Something that is comfort, <laughs> comforting, that's comfort food, but also um, something that I don't feel bad about giving her to snack on. You know, the, what's cool about that, too, um, you actually can go to Good Planet. They do have some good recipes there because there may be a lot of people like you. I've had friends that come, they have come over, they're vegetarian or they're strict vegans. That I'm, I am not. And not always knowing oh my goodness what can i serve especially for a main course right so it is nice to have some place where you can go and cheat and know that that you're going to be serving something that they like because that is that's how we love oftentimes food to people is love you can love people through food if that's something that if meat isn't something that they indulge in if animal products is not something that they like then you know what? You can love them that way, too. So we will include the, the links that we mentioned to uh, all of the products that we mentioned. And you can find you can find these at, at places you normally shop as well. The Fred Meyers, Costco's, the uh, Hagen's and Albertson's and, and Sprouts and places near you. So we'll include those. And thank you so much for giving us a little joy and maybe something to look forward to in the culinary world, Louisa. Thank you so much for joining us Oh, yeah, us thank today. you for sharing that with us. I'm pretty cool. Plugging you into the movies, this is Adam Hole. Well, we are here with our friend Adam Holtz, the not just pretty cool. We're going to elevate you to really cool Adam oh, Holtz. Yeah, good. you know, I mean, take what you can get, of course, in these days. I need, but... a, I need a promotion. Tell my parents, <laughs> tell my children, tell them all, right? That's right. That's right. Kids will never believe it, though. That's just kind of the way no, it is. No. We know this. We know this. It's good to connect no, with is... you. You know, I'm at a point now where I have a 12-year-old, and she would be horrified to know that I was talking about this. But if I'm waiting for her to pick her up from swimming, she yells at me if I have the stereo too loud in the car. You know, so <laughs> anything that would attract attention as unusual oh my is gosh. very, very bad. You and know, I'm 50, but I still love my loud music. So I turn it up yeah. as loud as I can just to embarrass her. <laughs> you know, that's good for you because, you know, I find that kids who have had to deal with, I don't know, parents like me, um, grow up with a sense <laughs> of nothing can intimidate me, nothing can embarrass me. And especially yep. if you have parents who are on the air because nothing yeah. is sacred. Everything is out there. No. And so they just, you know, people... People, you got to realize it's okay to embarrass your kids. Well, 
And I sometimes <laughs> tell them, I'm like, oh, aren't you so precious? I am so looking forward to talking about what you just did in my interviews. And they just give me this, <laughs> this horrified look. And anyway, I digress. We should talk about movies and TV and stuff. And that is perfectly fine. Hey, I wanted to bring something up, uh, a series on Netflix that <clears throat> is absolutely going viral, and that is Bridgerton. All is fair in love and war. Miss Daphne Bridgerton. You have no idea what it is to have one's entire life reduced to a single moment. The time has come for the social season. She to breathe, Mama. My name is Lady Whistledown. You do not know me, but I know you. This is what they have been trained for since birth. Which young ladies might succeed at securing a match? You've always amused me, Miss Bridgerton. Ever since I was a schoolboy and you were. Oh, but five? Miss Bridgerton. Oh, pardon me. Forgive me. Bridgerton! Come here, old friend. This is my sister. Duke. I would recognize him anywhere. How is it possible that there has not been a single betrothal yet? I wish to be entertained. We find ourselves seated beside each other. I'd like to think you happy about that. It would be better if you refrained from thinking about me at all. I'm aware of your reputation. I'm anything but interested in you. And I anything but interested in you. Must our only options be to squawk and settle or to never leave the nest? What if I want to fly? Lady Whistledown has all but declared me ineligible. Whistledown? Whistledown? Whistledown. If I am unable to find a husband, I shall be ruined. Perhaps there is an answer. We can pretend to form an attachment. Hearing like that would be most enchanting indeed. Every presumptuous mother in town will leave me alone and every suitor will be looking at you. <laughs> Stare into my eyes. If this is to work, you must appear madly in love. The Duke truly has put your head in a spin. Is it awful that I'm enjoying it? Dear reader, if there is a scandal, I shall uncover it. It is more than just your honor at stake. You think that just because I'm a woman, I'm incapable of making my own choices? There is nothing you cannot do. You are a Bridgerton. Oh, is this not lovely? All of us together again. Lovely indeed. We should tempt scandal more often. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a review of Bridgerton up, and this is a story, I haven't seen it, but we have reviewed it. But my understanding of it is it is a show about like eight siblings and it's set in England. It's kind of a period piece. Jane Austen, he's saying. Yeah. And yet uh, it's Netflix, which means there's some naughtiness there too. So it sounds like you may know more about it than I do. Our review is up. So you can certainly come to plugin.com and check out our, our full review. But uh, tell, me, recommend tell me what's that. interesting I recommend going you. to Plugged In uh, so that you can know what you're getting into before you get into it, because you're going to see a lot of men's butts. Um, and you're going to yeah. see uh, some sexual situations. Uh, you're, you're not going to see as much graphic, you know, for uh, some frontal nudity, female frontal nudity above the waist. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not, it's crazy, but it's not uh, the, the sexual uh, simulation 
regulations are like, okay, I don't need to see this. <laughs> but right. uh, but the story itself uh, is very Jane Austen-esque, as you mentioned. Yep. It has a, a strong element of, of family and of, of marriage and seeing a marriage through uh, even uh, even marriages that aren't <laughs> working uh, that uh, there's some of that there is uh, extramarital uh, dallying and there are yeah. uh, elements of, of drinking and, and such uh, but it is something that people should be aware of everyone is talking about it for period pieces yeah. it is well done it is very romantic but it, it is in some essence a there's some problems there. Well, and I'm looking at our review uh, by our uh, reviewer, Emily Clark, and she, she writes, if you took Gossip Girl, set it in 1813 England instead of modern-day New York, added in a few F-words, partial nudity, gratuitous sex scenes, you'd get Bridgerton. Okay. Uh, the time period, costumes, and emphasis on marriage might be reminiscent of a Jane Austen novel, but the scandals taking place would likely cause even Mr. Darcy's jaw to drop. So... Um, you know, it, it feels familiar, and yet it definitely has a, a dose of, of contemporary stuff that may not exactly be wanted. But you're right. It really is blowing up. Even I just read an article about it this morning, um, so it was on my mind. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess the, the deeper story is why is it blowing up? Why are people watching Bridgerton? What is yeah. it, do you think, is that drawn? I know this is why I was kind of excited to bring it up right off the bat, because I love the way you kind of opine on the deeper <laughs> cinematic meanings and what draws us to things. You think about this kind of stuff. It, it's part of what makes I you do. pretty cool. Well. I thought I was really cool now. Now I'm back to just pretty cool. <laughs> well, let's see what you have to say about Bridgerton. Okay, I guess oh. you can rate me when we get done. Well, I think that the period pieces have, I think part of the draw visually is it's exotic. It is, uh, you know, it's drawing back to a time that we don't live in now where things were proper. Things were beautiful in a way that they're not now. You know, there was structure, there was order, and much of the conflict, especially in Jane Austen's stuff, you know, you have all sorts of heroines who are sort of bucking the contemporary mores in terms of how a woman is supposed to live and exist. And, uh, and, I, and I think all of that um, is elegant. You know, there's an elegance to it. And I think even something like Downton Abbey, you know, you watched because of the elegance and the beauty involved here. And so... All of that makes for pretty compelling, I think, pretty compelling watching for those of us who who live in a flannel shirt and jeans all the time. You know, it's <laughs> I just, think it's you a different world. It because um, I have but, a theory. I have a theory, and the theory is that our society has gone downhill drastically since we started wearing pajama pants in public i know oh it sounds don't get ridiculous. me started on that are you with me on this is it just me because people no, roll their I, eyes people are like your 12 I, no, year old no, daughter they you. roll their eyes at me when i say this no my 12 year old daughter did roll my eyes at me recently when we had this very conversation get out <laughs> about what what are we wearing and and my wife gave me a look like okay, just let me handle this. It's okay if you don't go here. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, I think that's part of it. And I think Netflix, of course, can take that formula and then they subvert it a little bit by adding all the contemporary sexual stuff. So you get all of the draw of Jane Austen and then we make it, like I said earlier, we make it slightly naughty. And maybe it's not as naughty as Game of Thrones or something. I don't more think extreme. it quite is. I think that uh, it, it, the it, I don't need to see it. I think the right, fact that exactly. it's happening. I, I don't think things didn't happen back in the right. you know back in the, the sure. eighteen oh three or or eighteen thirteen whenever it was set. Those things happened. I just don't need to see you know, the whole thing that the story right. behind it is good. There's a good story. There's great acting. The set and the the sets and the costumes are extraordinary. But like you, I think that it's there's a deeper draw. We're looking for uh, some kind of rules. There were rules back then of how you acted yeah. towards one another. There were there were uh, there was a sense of propriety, even if it yeah, was absolutely. people behaved in in hypocritical ways there was a respect and a way that you treated each other i think that's the draw right now we have lost right. all civility so to watch this right. age almost makes us look like we're the cavemen and they're the the ones that are a bit advanced right no and i think is even as much as we sometimes mock victorian england as being stuffy and legalistic and it um, is there are some there are some yeah, serious problems. Right. There are some right. serious problems with the way women were treated and and and, and the like. Absolutely. And and the uh, uptightness and uh, a lot yeah. of that. I get it, but you're right. But we still long for structure and order. And I think the thing is, we used to have a shared sense culturally of what brings structure, order, and meaning. And it didn't mean that every single person was a Christian, but there was the influence of a Judeo-Christian tradition on our culture that I think it informed how we live. And when we started to blow that up, really, you know, since the late 60s on, now we're in this place where, you know, as they said in the judges, everybody does what is right in their own eyes. And you have 330 different, 330 million different versions of how am I supposed to live? And the result is chaos, you know, uh, because we don't have a shared understanding of what's right, what's true, what's beautiful, what's good. It's just whatever we feel. And um, it's a recipe for disaster. And I think that we're seeing some of that right now, just with a lot of the things happening culturally. Uh, it's just it's just chaos. I have I'm I'm loving that we're talking about this. This <clears throat> to me is what uh as you, if I were listening to this, it would be like, oh, yeah, the light coming on. And I think we need a few light coming on moments. Why am I drawn to something? What's going on in my own world? What am I lacking? What's society lacking? And yeah. how can I make it better? So, boom, there you yeah. go. We got deep right well, off the other, bat. <laughs> one other thought on Bridgerton. I think one of the other things that's happening really since the advent, I think it started with HBO uh, you know, even as far back as something like Sex in the City. And then, you know, we have the, the whole Sopranos thing and this whole idea of prestige TV. Now with Amazon, with Netflix, with even Peacock and CBS All Access, where they don't have to follow the FCC guidelines on content, 
I think there's just this expectation that anything for adults is going to have all of this quote adult unquote content in it. And I think we're desensitized to it. Um, and so now everybody just thinks they have to put all that extra stuff in, even in shows, you know, like Jack Ryan over on, on uh, Amazon. I'm like, it's an espionage show. I don't need a bunch of sex in that. No. But there's just this expectation that it has to be there. And I think no, really because sad. I'll tell you what, Bridgerton, I would have loved it without, and they could tell the same story uh, without showing the emotions, <laughs> if you know what exactly. I mean. I, I, I don't yep. necessarily need it. And we haven't learned that, the, that there are a host of movies and television shows that really jam. People love them when they're more family friendly so i am with you there we really we really don't need it and it's sad uh but here we are and now having said that we are in a dry period maybe that's another reason why someone uh, people are interested in something new that they can kind of binge watch because we really don't have a lot we're sitting in the same chairs for eight hours a day for most of us are in lockdown. We don't have restaurants in some of the areas of the country. And if you're in one of those areas of the country that has restaurants you can go to, will you please just order a cheeseburger for me? I mean, just, just order a cheeseburger for me Uh, because I'm in Washington state. By the time DoorDash gets to it. (laughs) Amen. And amen. Uh, So even in states that aren't in, lockdown it's not quite the same things you know it's a it's a crazy time so uh we also are going through uh, one of the dry spells of the year there's sometimes a couple of these when there's just a lot, not a lot of new content no that's right i mean january is usually pretty pretty barren even in the best of times and i think with covid right now uh we have uh, a double whammy but let me know pivot and say that one of the things that we reviewed this week is a movie that's also on Netflix called The Dig and this is set in 1939. Should we take a look at them then? Right. Things like this are usually done through museums. Yes, but with the war coming they couldn't embark upon any new ventures. Well, I've been on digs since I was old enough to hold a trowel. My father taught me. What are they? We're standing in someone's graveyard, I reckon. Viking? Oh, maybe older. Mr. Brown is an archaeologist. Well, I'm an excavator. You've come to dig up the mounds. So you think there's something beneath? Who are those men? They're from the museum. Gods! Mrs. Pretty, I think you'd better come and see. Why would anyone want to bury a ship? I expect this is a grave of a, a warrior. Or a king. But there's more. There's much more. War is looming. All hands are on deck to excavate before hostilities begin. The Dark Ages are no longer dark. Everyone's going to want a piece, and this is your find. Why else would you be playing around in the dirt while the rest of the country prepares for war? That means something, doesn't it? From the first human handprint on a cave wall. We're part of something continuous. Life is very fleeting. I've learned that. Would you have dinner with me? Yes. It has moments you should seize. A man could dig the earth his whole life through. Not find anything like I've discovered here. Spirits 
steady, Mr. Brown. We're coming towards the edge of the atmosphere. You say the word, and I'll dig. And it's based on a true story about uh, an English widower who has a huge burial mound on her property, and she decides <laughs> she wants to have it excavated. And the the archaeological powers that be in England at the time kind of poo-pooed her and said, yeah, no, it's really not that interesting. So she had an acquaintance with a sort of amateur archaeologist named Basil Brown, and he starts doing this dig. And uh, because he's not official, he's sort of self-taught, the establishment keeps trying to discourage him from doing this. Uh, but he makes an incredible archaeological discovery. And then, of course, they want to muscle him in and take credit for it. And so this is a, a movie that is based on a true story. And it's not as far back as Jane Austen. I was wondering if it was a true story periods. because you don't make this. How do you make this stuff up? No, no, no. Totally based on a true story. And uh, I think it's, uh, you know, World War Two era Britain. But. Uh, Ralph Fiennes is the archaeologist, um, and I still can't not see him as Voldemort, but that's my problem, <laughs> not yours. Uh, I'm like, what's Voldemort doing in this? Oh, it's, he's got a nose. It's not Voldemort. Um, <laughs> that's how you get past it. That's a little a little advice exactly. from Adam Holtz. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if Ralph Fiennes has a nose, he's not Voldemort. <laughs> um, but it's PG-13. It's got a bit of sexual content. Um, a little bit of language, but I think it's an option. I don't think kids are going to want to watch it anyway. It's going to be, you know, boring as dirt, as my mom might have said, for a, for a young audience. But I think for adults, if you're looking for a thoughtful drama that, uh, you know, obviously you want to check out our full review because uh, there are a few things here. But, but I think it's pretty navigable and even more navigable than Bridgerton, uh, honestly. So that's something new this week. Well, there you go. Uh, and interestingly enough, do you know Nicole Kidman was uh, set to play the the starring role in that, but that uh, those those negotiations back down, and so we have a- another actress that we can look forward to seeing in the dig. Anything else that's worthwhile? Well, I don't know if it's worthwhile. It might be perversely cathartic, but um, <laughs> Liam Neeson has done another <clears throat> one of his particular set of skills movies. <laughs> um, and I mean, really some days yeah. you just wake up and you think I'm missing something I need to go watch Liam Neeson just shoot bad guys and so he is obliging uh, he has a new movie out in theaters actually called The Marksman he is a, a down on his luck uh, retired uh, marine who uh, has just lost his wife to a terrible medical battle and uh, it has uh bankrupted him and so his his ranch is being foreclosed on and he lives on the border of mexico and he's driving home one day and and he sees uh an undocumented immigrant and her child clearly having just crossed the border illegally and she's bloody and a mess and and he looks up and she's being pursued by people who are obviously like drug cartel guys and of course you know we know what happens when liam neeson runs into guys in drug cartels uh he lives and they don't um, but as this woman dies, she basically hands her son off to him and says, please get my son to his relatives in Chicago. Uh, and it's, of course, about him trying to do that while being pursued by the Mexican drug cartels that want to kill him. And, of course, it's called the Marksman. So, 
we know there's shooting involved. Uh, I mean, really, his whole template for these kinds of movies is about as standard issue as it could possibly be. <laughs> we just have a slightly different rationale for why he's shooting people. It's uh, Liam but, Neeson uh, is the uh, hero equivalent of Hallmark Christmas movies. It's the same movie. No, it's right. the same. <laughs> I love that. I, because this is the second one he's done even just in the last month or so. There was another one that came out. Yeah, it was a month or so uh, Honest Thief. Uh, the Honest Thief. Yeah. He's got a particular set of skills there too. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't ever get tired of saying that. So when he does the same movie next year, I will do that again. I'm just going to warn you. <laughs> you know, it, um, it was it, it was it, the only thing that I think. I mean, how many other movies have he been in that it wasn't the same formula besides uh, Qui Gon and and Star Wars? Well, I Phantom mean, Menace, thoughtful stuff before Star Wars, but honestly i'd have to get on imdb and look it up because i can't remember what, can't what remember it was. well there you go if you can't get there enough liam go. neeson there he is there's an, another movie as well a pg action adventure movie that's an animated kids kind of sci-fi fantasy movie called over the moon yeah you know over the moon came out uh it debuted last fall and it is now on netflix and it is based on uh chinese mythology and the short version it's actually super 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 detailed um but it's about a young girl traveling to the moon basically to enlist the help of a chinese goddess there uh and it's also a story uh about loss and about sort of growing up and coming to grips with the hard things that happen to us so uh, it's another one if you it's a beautiful movie. And uh, if you're interested in that, obviously, our full review is at pluggedin.com and you can check that out, too. The uh, maybe caveat is you know, it comes with a little bit of Chinese mythology, uh, yeah, which I totally. think is navigable. It gives us insight so. into differing cultures. I think in the review, yeah. if I remember right, uh, it, it gave the analogy that the character believes in this maybe goddess kind of thing like kids yeah. believe in santa she doesn't worship right. it but right. you know it's it's the same kind of thing so if you can santa maybe you can also over the moon and it may be an option for your kids but you can see the long review at pluggedin.com you can click on movies and see what's out not only with movies do you see what's out though you guys have uh, a movies that uh, of course are in theaters and movies that maybe worth another look or something that maybe you didn't see the first time around you have tv music games books even youtube channels anything pop culture yep. plugged in takes on um, and everybody there it is a rec prerequisite to be pretty cool before you join the staff is it <laughs> is it not well, I think so. Yeah. I yeah, mean, if yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool, you you mean slightly geeky because you know <laughs> stuff about all this stuff. Oh, is that but all it I takes? Because I was thinking if it's pretty cool, you know, I'll never get a job there. But if it's kind of geeky, you know, you might move over. I could, you know, I could help out. <laughs> no, we have people that on our team who, man, they know what the score is on all of this stuff. So. And actually, some of our people are cool and geeky at the same time, which feels like, you know, 
some sort of rift in the space-time continuum. That's a <laughs> joke right there. So just, you know, you can just roll with that. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Anything out there, uh, uh, movies, television, music, games, books, YouTube, that you've that's caught your attention that you think is worth a mention? That is a terrific question. Um, I love asking those. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I did. We talk about herself last week a little bit. Um, a woman who I mean, is it, doing it on her own, basically. Well, she's trying to get out of an abusive relationship. Um, it's another really serious movie. But um, why are we doing so them? many serious movies? Life is I serious enough. Do you remember? I maybe I say this too much, but you remember back in the Depression era, the kind of movies that came out there, the, some of them were just feel good, happy ending, yep. or at least one that you could get lost in. And you even think of movies that maybe weren't so happy during kind of an that era. Uh, they still took you somewhere else, like Bridgerton. Right. So in that vein, um, I will say The Crude, The New Age is now out on DVD and streaming online. Uh, and if you like um, prehistoric Cro-Magnon um, caveman animated movies for kids, this one's pretty good. So there you go. that would be another option, too. <clears throat> hey, I wanted to, you know, along those lines of getting uh, lost in another era, uh, I, I was thinking about uh, not just the era of the depression but during world war ii one movie really stands out and it was a blockbuster and that was gone with the wind oh yeah think about that the biggest movie of all time and you know unfortunately uh the depiction of some racial elements in that has put it very much a foul with the PC standards of our day, but I mean, it's it, but if you don't see it, time, so. that's that. I don't know how accurate of a description everything in it was, but that was what life was like in the day, and that's why we watch it. Lest we, you know, why do you learn history so you don't repeat its mistakes? But say, having said that, Gone with the Wind during World War II, a time of war and uncertainty. Uh, it was another Bridgerton where, and it did push yeah. some of the boundaries where you were looking at something that you could get lost in another era, yep. another time. Uh, and so yep. if you do it right, I think people like it. Otherwise, could we just encourage people? Because I know all the movers and shakers listen to us, Adam. Uh, could you just make <laughs> some happy movies, some happy feel good movies? Happy movies. I mean, we watch lots of Hallmark movies and, the good news is that Hallmark keeps making them. So, I mean, now we're out of Christmas and now it's like, I guess Valentine's movies are next. I'll have to, I'll have to just, you know, drip my feet <laughs> through those maybe. But no, I actually secretly kind of like rom-coms, but I can only do about one a week. There you go. Others in my family can do more. We'll just leave it hanging <laughs> there. Uh, anything to look forward to in the future? Not really. Okay. <laughs> just our conversation. Have, we'll just make it. Don't yeah, worry. If there's talking. nothing to talk about, we will talk about it anyway, and we'll make it fun. So, we promise. That's our commitment week, to you. <laughs> next week, we have No Man's Land, Our Friend, 
Psycho Gorman and Preparations to Be Together Forever. And if you have heard of any of those movies, you have more movie points than I do. Oh, yeah, I you're one up on me. You're up on me. So you know? we'll, we can so talk they, about them. <laughs> and now, maybe... I will say, though, Netflix, Netflix has just announced that they're going to be doing, you know, big uh, theater-style movies one a week from here to eternity. So I think Netflix will continue to be our real go-to place okay. for the cultural things that people are, are buzzing about. And so as those come out, we will continue to cover them. Okay. And and good for Netflix because they've almost become irrelevant to a degree because people are like, there's nothing on here. You could scroll forever and not see something. So right. the, they're trying to change that narrative. And the world yep. is changing where entertainment is concerned. We'll just, you know, f- you can follow it here every week as we get you plugged into the movies with the one and only and the absolutely very cool, Adam Holtz. I'm pretty cool. <laughs> you in the movies. Thank you, Adam. Michelle. I always enjoy talking to you. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, by next week, we'll have some more obscure movies to talk about, I'm sure. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Adam. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Now it gets weird. Weird news. Okay, Lisa J, news me. Thanks, Michelle. Well, welcome to our weird news segment. I have some good ones for you today, and they're all from Buzz 60. They all have to do with animals. So if you're an animal lover, you are going to love these. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The first one that I thought was really ingenious. This guy, because of all the snowfall that happened, he was an Amazon delivery driver. He could not deliver the packages using his car. So he decided to jump on a horse so he could get all those packages still to the people. I think that is amazing. Excellent. Now that is some seriously prime delivery. Meet Shiraz. He's an Amazon delivery man who usually carries packages to homes on his motorbike in Kashmir in India. But after two feet of snow dumped on the area, leaving roads unusable by motor traffic, he had to get a bit creative to continue doing his job by hopping on a horse and hand delivering each and every parcel. Shiraz says he mounted up because he didn't want anyone to suffer simply because there was a couple feet of snow on the ground. Now providing both packages and entertainment to his service area with one of his customers commenting on his new ride quote it's one of the most unique ways to deliver products on time especially when it is snowing but just because his transportation is a bit um unconventional that doesn't mean the rest of his job changes you can still see him hopping off the horse at each house taking a picture of each package as proof of delivery okay there it is let's hear another one now this next one i think is really cute it's a story of two animals that generally you don't see together or as friends but this woman has a dog and a duck who are the best of friends the only thing that i don't know if i could do if i was her was she said the duck is not potty trained and she lets the duck sleep in her bed Yikes. There are unlikely pairs, and then there are these two. This is Vendetta, a German shepherd. And this is Lemony, not a dog or even a mammal, but rather a duck. And this odd couple are best friends who do everything together at their home in southern France. They're often seen having a stroll through the woods or taking an afternoon nap together. The pair even makes sure the other scrubs behind their ears during bath time. The animal's owner, Natasha Tamen, says she wants people to see that they can have warm feelings about animals other than the usual domesticated cat or dog, saying 
she wants people to see ducks in a different way. And she means it. Both of her pets sleep in her bed with her every night. But Natasha admits about Lemony the duck, quote, she's not potty trained, so I do have to clean up pretty often. I don't know about that. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I agree with you. That is definitely weird. Okay. Well, this last story is really cute. It is about a puppy who, instead of playing tug of war, like the usual one person tugs, the other person tugs, he just likes to be dragged along the floor by his owner. So we really got to start working on your tugging ability. That's the voice of San Francisco resident Joseph Simon to his adorable pup Jackson. The 10-week-old little guy plays his own version of tug of war, where he just lies on the floor and has Simon pull him around. I think it should be called shrug of war. Simon said he's figured out that if he lays down and just holds on with his jaw, then mommy and daddy will drag him around on the hardwood floor, kind of like a mop. Even though Simon and his girlfriend try their best to keep Jackson on his feet when playing the game, the pup insists on being dragged along the floor. I try to drag him over to the rug and he pulls the toy back out to the hardwood floor and plops back down. Simon did add they are now playing the game on the rug and Jackson seems to be getting the hang or should I say tug of things. I don't know if I wouldn't like that either. Instead of having to walk around (laughs) just letting someone drag me. Yeah, no. (laughs) Well, thanks, Michelle. I know somebody out there understands what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, anyway, that concludes our program for today. Please tune in next week for some more weird news. Hey, hey, Lisa J, our associate producer. Thank you, girl. That's Entertainment Review. I'm Michelle Mendoza. Check out more at MyMichelleLive.com. 